welcome to episode 6 of Vibing in Valentino. So today is a solo episode, which is kind of nice. I love to have guests on my podcast. I love to have fascinating, inspiring people on here and just pick their brain. But when I do have a guest on, I'm the host, you know? So after to interview them and keep and create conversation. So what I usually do is I'll have like notes and a list of questions. When it's a solo episode though, it's kind of nice because I get to just hit record and talk to you guys and connect with you guys on a deeper level. So before I get started today, I want to share with you my weekly weakness and it is the Garden of Life My Kind Organics prenatal once a day. So no, I'm not trying to get pregnant. I've been taking these pretty much daily for my hair for about a few years now. I think like two years almost. Maybe a little over two years. I'm not quite sure. But for a while. And it has really helped my hair grow. My hair, my nails, my eyelashes, all of that. Like my nail lady and my lash lady are both constantly like, oh, your shit grows way too fast. I think people go back like every three weeks for their nails and their lashes. I have to go back every two because I've tried waiting three one time, like three weeks one time for my eyelash extensions, and I went back and I had no eyelashes left. I was talking about like it's no longer a fill, it was like I needed a new set. So, and my nails just, I'll have two days of looking like I just got a fill, and then the rest of it is like, okay bitch, you need a, you need a fill. <laughs> so I hate that part of it, but my hair loves it so i'll link this vitamin in the amazon link below i created a vibing and valentina list for you guys so you can also find all the previously mentioned weekly weakness products in that link as well i'm actually thinking of um, doing another solo episode all about like hair care and my biggest hair growth secrets so yeah be on the lookout for that but this episode is going to be a little bit more personal and a little bit difficult to talk about. When I created this podcast, I wanted it to be a safe space and I never want any of my listeners to ever feel like you're alone in whatever you're going through. You know, I care about you guys and I I may not know you guys personally, but if you tune into me every week, then you know me on a deeper level than many people. I never want you guys to feel alone. To me, that's like one of the worst feelings and it makes you very detached and isolated. And that's why I think it's time that I talk about mental health and my struggles with depression and anxiety as well because I don't think that people know or understand mental health the way that maybe we all should, considering how many people it affects. So, I don't even know where to really start with all of this. I guess I'll just start with... Actually, before I even do that, I think I need to preface this whole episode by saying that, you know, not for a second do I blame my parents or my childhood or how I grew up or anything like that for my conditions like I would never blame anybody else for what I went through 
my parents, you know, obviously no parents are perfect parents, but my mom and dad, they did their best to give me and my brother a happy childhood, and they did successfully do that. And I had such a fortunate childhood. I was so completely blessed that this has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with anybody other than myself. And my struggles were very internal. And I don't think that there was anybody else outside of myself that could have brought me out of that deep, very dark headspace. So, okay. So in high school, in high school, I went through a really dark time of feeling like an unhappy piece of shit. I think unhappy was the term. I think it was also like a very empty feeling. It felt like, I think the closest term is unhappy, but you just didn't really feel much, which was weird for somebody who is usually very emotional and very like, if I'm happy, like I'm happy. If I'm sad, I'm sad. To go from feeling to like feeling very empty, feeling very apathetic. Is that what, is that what that word is? Apathy, apathy. To feeling a lot of apathy for myself and the people around me was not something that sat well with me. It was a very, like, it was a very, I, I guess, yeah, unhappy would be the closest term I had to it. But um, I didn't really quite understand why I was feeling like that. I was also at the time battling a very, very disordered relationship with food and eating. Um, that in itself is a whole different episode. I could actually do a whole solo on that. My relationship with food was actually chronic and it was it went on for years and years and years um but it went hand in hand with my depression i think in the sense where you um set these like standards for yourself and when you don't reach them you feel like a failure and you feel like you just were worthless and it was just very strong feelings of you're a problematic person, you are not enough, and you know, you, you suck. That's like if my depression could speak, and I think that if this illness had a voice and could talk, it would say that constantly to people that it affected. You're either not feeling anything or you're feeling unhappy and worthless. And you know, you never really know why. It's just the mood. That's just how you feel all day, every single day, for a long time. And depression shows up different in a lot of people. So, you know, you hear about people isolating themselves completely and cutting off people closest to them. Um, In my case, I didn't lose my friends. I didn't fuck off school. I didn't fuck off my extracurriculars. I didn't... I kept with my schedule, but... It was, my schedule was the reason why I had to not do that because my days would be like 12 to 14 hours long. I would have school from 7.20, so I'd be up at like 6 a.m. every day. I had school from 7.20 to I think 2.15 was when the bell rang. 
and then I would have cheer practice from three to like five. Like it would be like two, two and a half hours. If not, I would have tennis lessons at the country club. And then after that, my day wouldn't be done yet. I would have to go to downtown Bangkok for dance training at another academy, like a like a strict dance a singing academy from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It would usually be two hours long. And then I would just do my homework in the car or do my homework during free period. Or I was always that girl that was very, very strict with like my work. Like I never wanted homework. I would always just get it done immediately. I was not a big procrastinator, so I think that kind of speaks to my personality and how I work. I'm a little bit of a type A. So anyway, I would just do my homework when I could. And so when I would get home, it would be 10. I would, you know, shower, go to bed. When I was at school and let, like, cheer practice, I would, my friends, my girls were all there. I was still socializing. I didn't just become, like, by everybody. I'm going to cut everybody off. Like, I didn't do that. But I knew something wasn't right because I felt, like, very like a shell of a person like I just I would laugh with them I would still laugh at their jokes I would still gossip with them but I think I went through the motions and didn't feel very much my emotions were at a constant low just because you know you might laugh or you might gossip or you seemed fine I definitely was not so that's when when people say you know check on your friends at surface level sometimes you're not able to tell sometimes you're not and i mean i think i would probably get to this later but just because you check on your friends as well just because you ask them doesn't mean they're going to tell you because i know i didn't i wouldn't have told anybody so anyway that you know kind of like charade that i had to put on school like laughing joking around whatever would exhaust me by the time I got home. It would be that, plus obviously my days were long as fuck. When I got home, that's where shit kind of starts to unravel every single day. I would get home and just be down and cry for hours for no reason. I would actually not spend that much time with my family. I think my brother was at that time, he was in Australia, either New Zealand or Australia, pursuing his bachelor's and master's degree. My dad was working a lot, and my mom, I spent some time with my mom, but I would actually just probably choose to lock myself in my bedroom alone for the most part. And it felt like shit, and I didn't really understand why. What made it worse for me was that I realized fully, like completely 150% realized that I have no reason to be feeling the way I'm feeling. And you guys wouldn't believe how guilty I felt to feel the way I feel when I was so blessed and I was so fortunate. I was in this big house. My parents are still together. I wasn't living in poverty. I had cooks and maids and laundry people and gardeners and drivers. And I'm healthy and I have friends. And I just didn't understand what was going on with me at all. Didn't understand it didn't know how to stop feeling the way I was feeling. It felt very, very shitty in general 
and then get home i would feel guilty like you have all of this how how dare you be unhappy and how dare you be so ungrateful and still feel like shit and that would be a constant conversation that i had with myself in my head and it would make me feel worse and it's also why i didn't speak out about you know depression to anybody really until until years and years later until i felt like okay i could i could really talk about it now because i didn't want people to think that you know i was not only was i not ready um to really get that personal but i didn't want people to feel like i was some ungrateful monster that had pretty much everything in the world or the means to get everything in the world and still have like the audacity to be unhappy like how ungrateful must i have been you know but depression really knows no boundaries it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter your job title it doesn't matter where you grew up if you grew up rich if you grew up poor how much money you make in a year if you have a hundred thousand followers on instagram if you have a huge circle of friends if you are able to party every night doesn't matter none of that matters depression really doesn't see that and i could feel just as shitty as somebody who is homeless right now on hollywood boulevard or somebody homeless on hollywood boulevard could actually have a healthier peace of mind and be happier be more content than me in that time there's just no there's no knowing like that has nothing to do with a mental illness and so I would have like these super dark thoughts and I won't say them now because I don't want anybody who might be listening and going through things to feel triggered. I would never, I'm not going to say it, but it did get to a point where I was just like, this is so enough. This is, I cannot feel like this anymore. I can't do it anymore. And I had to seek help. And if there's anything about me it's that i was never a person that wanted people to worry about me so even to this day if i'm going through things sometimes i won't tell people i mean like when i was living in virginia in college i would get into car accidents and not tell my family until months later where my car looked perfectly normal i wasn't hurt and then i'd be like oh yeah um you know, got into like a little fender bender or whatever, like downplay. I just never wanted anybody, my friends, my family to worry about me. I always just felt like I didn't want to be a problem. Like I don't want to be problematic. So I'm going to handle it myself. And so for me to seek help, I went to my mom and she actually knew something was wrong already. And she had been keeping an eye on me from a distance because I think that she was afraid to push me to seek help or go to the doctor because she feared making it worse. And truthfully, with how I was in high school, my attitude in high school, my overall personality in high school, and factoring in mine and my mom's relationship at the time, that was the best thing she could have done. It had to get a point where I felt like I needed the help because if she came up to me offering help, I would have I would have ran so far away from her help. I would have I would have shut down completely. I just know that about myself. So she did the best thing that she could at the time for sure. 
and so went to the doctor and i just remember it being very very medical mind you this was in 2008 i don't know if it's because the medical care system or like the healthcare system in thailand was like that but it was just psychiatry was super medical for me it was i don't know if the treatment protocols have changed i'm not quite sure but she the doctor she just prescribed to me lexapro and kind of sent me on my way you know there was no counseling no therapy nothing at least for my depression i i did go through counseling for my eating disorder not too much later but i did go through counseling for that and it was actually in school so it wasn't even at a hospital so i spent some time on lexapro and it helped to elevate my mood but it was i would take it and i would be like okay like i'm happy and then it was like putting a band-aid on a cut but the cut was never really healed it's not something you know depression is not something you cure obviously but it's kind of just something inside you that's subdued but when i was on medication it wasn't even that it was like to me i was on it for a while and then i was like it, it's not right because i shouldn't have to depend on medication to be happy you know what i mean so it took me getting myself off medication and really truly trying to find happiness and contentment to get out of that headspace and i'm not quite sure when i found my happiness and contentment obviously comes and goes there's a lot of factors that come into your life when it comes to happiness and being happy it's not just dependent on you although the majority of it i will say is dependent on you and the energy that you choose to keep around but i don't really know what point i got over it i think it took leaving high school and bangkok in general to really be okay with myself and find happiness i'm not blaming the city i'm not blaming my school obviously but i think the environment for me at the time was toxic and when i got to college you know i still was suffering from certain things but i credit that next chapter feeling in helping me get over my depression at the time and i'm obviously i'm not cured from depression i don't think anybody gets cured from depression i think that you just have to work at it so that your natural state for the most part is happiness and contentment and there are times where i can tell that i'm about to like fall back into my old ways because nowadays i don't have as hectic of a schedule as i did in high school i do find myself sometimes isolating myself now from people around me i won't answer phones i won't answer text messages i will kind of i will kind of just be in my apartment and be in like a little shell and at that point my biggest advice is to constantly remind yourself you have to remind yourself that you deserve happiness or at the very least you don't deserve to feel like complete shit it's just a matter of bringing yourself back out of a very deep dark hole before it gets any worse for me at this point i can't say i've gotten to the place as severe of a place as i did in high school i think 
I've gotten close, but never to a point where I couldn't get myself out of. And you just have to, you just have to love yourself. You just have to self love is a real thing because if you don't have that, then who knows what you can put yourself through. So my story with anxiety is actually a very different thing. I recently with all the life changes and the instability that I've been going through when it comes to, you know, switching careers, figuring out my living situation, like whether I've had a lot of pressure to move back home to Thailand. So figuring all that out, whether or not I'm staying here, going back, or an instability in my personal relationship as well. It was it was a time where I was just very, I was going through it, and to me, my anxiety, it's like, it's like a word vomit, like, you know, when, like, people just say stuff, and it just comes out, and they just have no control over it, and they can't stop talking, it's like that, but for me, it's with thoughts, and it's not just like thoughts like, oh, the sky is blue, the trees are green, my dog is fluffy, you know, it's worrying thoughts. It's like, what if so-and-so, what if so-and-so, like, what am I going to do? Like, it's a bunch of things that I don't have the fullest control over. And it just comes, it's like a million and one of these thoughts coming to me at one time. And it's like my brain goes on overload. And it's like, you know those like 90s computers when, in the movies when like somebody hacks your computer and it's like a bunch of like these codes just on the screen and it's just like typing away and you just can't stop it. You just got to let it ride out. And it sucks because mine actually, like my anxiety will come with physical impacts. I will get headaches. The sides of my head will start pulsing. It feels like, it really feels like my brain is like going to come out my ears. It's so bad. And I would literally feel my skin tingle. Like tingling. Like I I was going to crawl out of my own body, out of my own skin. And I would have to pace around the room because I'm so angsty. Like I'm so, like I can't sit still. I'm, I'm worrying so much that I have to pace myself to stop from like, throwing something or like doing something reckless and like I said the only way that I've really dealt with anxiety is by letting it ride out I used to drink to cope and that was a habit I picked up on in high school which I know yeah there's no such thing as underage drinking in Bangkok there is but there's not so I picked up on that habit quite early on and Lately with how I am, I think with how my body is, my my hormones, maybe, I don't know, but it's been it's been making it worse. So I've had to cut down on alcohol and you know, sometimes you just gotta let it ride out. There's nothing else that I can do at that point. You just, my thoughts are all coming in and then my brain is not quick enough to process everything. So sometimes I organize my thoughts and it helps sometimes to write it out so it's something tangible. Just write out everything that you're worried about and then 
when you calm down and you look back at it, you're like, okay, like I can help this one. I can take action with this little worry right here, you know? So instead of like a jumble of thoughts in your brain and you're freaking out and like me about to literally throw something at the wall, um, done that before too. <laughs> it's organized and it kind of helps to like feel like you have a plan of action, I guess. Today I woke up and I was on Twitter and I saw the headline that some YouTuber gamer had jumped off a bridge and committed suicide and prior to there were signs of him showing you know deteriorating mental health and like I said for me I was never the type to want to worry people anybody that I'm around I wanted my problems to end with me and not be problematic to anybody else so I get it I get when somebody is like not trying to seek help you don't want to talk to people about it trust me i've been through a lot of things that i've handled on my own simply because i didn't want to talk about it didn't want to didn't want to seek help nothing and i don't judge you for that i've been there but the strongest person in the world mentally physically whatever sometimes they can't go through it alone so it took a lot for me to seek help in high school it's taking a lot for me to talk about it right now. I just never wanted anybody listening to Vibing and Valentina or listening to me every week to ever feel like they're alone. I've felt that before. I also know how hard it is to seek help. So there's always help out there. I just want to remind everybody to you know be kind to yourself. Be kind to people around you. Love yourself. And check on your friends even if they seem okay even if they're not asking for help even sometimes when they're rejecting your help it's nice to know that you're there and sometimes they just they just don't want to worry you so just let them know that you know they're not an issue that's not a problem that maybe you're going through the same things they are so yeah Okay, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into Vibing in Valentino this week. Love you guys very, very much. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.